today on the Harrison Barnes podcast. And you need to remember that every law firm that has an opening has lots of applicants for it. They're just looking for reasons to disqualify people. The only three reasons to switch law firms. Good morning, Harrison. Good morning. So jumping around in a career is uh, and job hopping in a career is, is common, especially in the legal industry. But you're cautioning in this conversation against uh, doing it incorrectly. In fact, there's only really three reasons that you would want to switch law firms. Why don't we just start there? What are the three reasons that why you should leave a law firm? Uh, the first one would be political reasons, uh, meaning, uh, you know, there's the, the tide of opinion is kind of against you and whatever law firm you're in. Uh, there could be you know, multiple reasons for that. But, uh, you know, if the tide is so severe that there's just really no way to get out of it, then, uh, you know, that's a good reason to switch. The second reason I would say would be you don't have access to enough work. Um, a lot of times, you know, the, the law firm may be slowing down or, you know, that you just may not have access to work. So if you don't have access to work and it looks like it's something uh, that, you know, could be permanent or take, you know, be, you know, going on for quite a long time, uh, then that's you know something that you need to be very concerned about, and then um, the third reason is is because you know you can get into a better law firm or a law firm with more opportunity, and uh, and that's really the third reason. And unless those three things exist, uh, you know, often there's really no reason to switch law firms. And you know, unless you know, unless you're doing like for example, if you need to do a geographic move for some reason or another, then. You know, then then moving is probably okay. But if you know you want to move in the same city, those are really the only uh, three reasons. So we've talked about this in the past, but maybe it's worth reiterating. Why is it so difficult to get another job as an attorney if you've been unemployed for for really any length of time? Why do new employers uh, look so uh, dimly at that? Well, law firms will. Uh, you know, if if you've been unemployed, the the perception is is that. You know, you've you've either lost your job or uh, you know working in, in a law firm isn't isn't important to you. So uh, either way, uh, you know, the law firms are going to be very uh, you know hesitant about hiring someone that's unemployed. And you need to remember that every law firm that has an opening has lots of applicants for it. So you know they're just looking for reasons to disqualify people. And so one reason to disqualify you would be uh, you know you're unemployed and. Something that I've noticed a lot of times is, you know, if an attorney is unemployed, you know, and they lost their job, uh, you know, they may come in, into their next position. And, and often what uh, what law firms see is if someone was fired from their previous job, they kind of harbor some resentment and they want to get back at the, the law firm that fired them. So a lot of times they'll quit and go to another firm or find fault with their existing firm and kind of fire that firm. So it's almost like what comes around goes around. But, you know, the person that takes a risk on the person that was fired ends up getting fired. And I've certainly seen that, you know, in, in our own company when I've hired people that have been fired. And and then the other thing is, is if the person's not working, you know, they may, a lot of times they'll say things like, you know, they may have left voluntarily, but they'll say, oh, I wanted to travel. I wanted to take some time off. I wanted to do this. Well, you know, when they're saying those sort of things, that's telling you what their priority is. Their priority is, you know, time off or not working. And and that's going to be their long-term goal. So those kind of people, a lot of times, are always going to be looking for a way to, to not work or some opportunity that, you know, may be different. So law firms, when when, you know, people say things like that to them, and maybe if the, you know, being unemployed is, you know, something that the law firm may have, I mean, that the person may have done voluntarily, uh, it's, it's, it's also not a good thing. So, 
those are, you know, two reasons. And then, you know, the, but the big thing is, is like, you know, law firms have a lot of people that they can hire. It's not like they're desperate, you know, to hire people and any sign of problems or lack of motivation, they're, they're not interested in hiring you. Yeah. That's the really important thing I think to remember is that uh, there is something of a, uh, an oversupply of potential lawyers and, and they're looking for reasons to kind of tick people off of their boxes. And if you show any sign of weakness, that's really going to harm you going forward. So let's kind of concentrate and take each of those three things in turn um, about the three reasons why you should leave a law firm, starting with you don't fit into your current firm's politics. And I think you mean by that, not just that maybe you don't fit into their ideological politics, but their internal politics inside the firm itself, that you're not able to to work inside um, what can often be a very fractious kind of uh, environment. Um, can you talk a little bit more about kind of uh, how to engage inside the, the internal politics of a firm? What are some of the ways that you can align yourself with sort of the power centers in those politics while maybe not appearing to try to align yourself with those power centers? Well, I mean, some of the things, um, you know, that you can do, um, you know, to, to, to make sure that you, uh, you know, don't, uh, you know, kind of rub people the wrong way. I mean, one of the big things is, you know, being very, very careful with who you associate with. So, you know, typically in, in most law firms, there's kind of a group of people, uh, you know, men and women that, you know, have a lot of business and, and kind of control uh, what's going on. They control, uh, they'll have control over compensation. They'll have control over uh, who gets work. And those groups, a lot of times will have people that they don't like and they will not like them for who knows why. I mean, there's just so, sorts of, you know, all sorts of political reasons. And these kind of things exist in firms of all sizes. I mean, and they, there's even these fiefdoms in the largest law firms. So you just need to be careful uh, the people that you associate with. If you're uh, you know, an associate, you want to be very careful about gravitating towards partners where, you know, that that may be on the outside of that and that, uh, you know, people don't like. Because if that partner loses their job or leaves, you won't be protected. You want to be careful about, you know, associating with associates that, um, you know, may have issues with the firm and be looking for jobs and, you know, um, have problems. So you just need to be careful about who you're seeing with and who you're aligned with. And a lot of times, you know, it's better not to be aligned with anyone. Uh, I remember it was kind of funny when I was in college, uh, you know, I was in a fraternity and everyone was thinking about uh, who was going to be president. And, you know, it was like these 50 guys and everybody had been fighting and had all these uh, things. And I was just busy, you know, when I was in college, kind of in the library. And I was the only one that didn't really have any disputes with anyone. And so I was the one that actually ended up being president of this fraternity. Um, that's something in retrospect that I regret having done. But uh, at the same time, it's it's kind of funny because if you if you don't get involved in uh, a lot of this and you're not seen as on one side or another, uh, you know, and you kind of play like Switzerland, you can you know be much better off. So that's kind of one thing. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of things you other things you can do. Um, you know, that will get you on the wrong side of politics would be to make just bad mistakes, uh, you know, any type of kind of visible, uh, you know, mistake that is, um, you know, public or um, can upset people uh, that, that makes you look dumb or, you know, careless is, you know, can can get you into trouble. Uh, you know, and I've seen people, you know, just from one remark, uh, you know, really get blackballed. I saw one attorney just one one time pick up the phone and it was a reporter asking about a case. 
and he just made some careless remark and it got published and it looked horrible for the firm's client and uh and and that person kind of got blackballed and he quit but uh you know didn't have a job and then you know careless remarks i guess that's an example uh, technical mistakes uh you know and um and then the other thing uh that's very important is to you know make sure you're uh, always billing um a lot so you know um you know, the more, uh, you know, the more you bill and the more hours you put in, even if the firm has to write you off, uh, the better off you're, you're typically going to be. So those are some other ones, some big ones, I think. And it's, it's always a difficult thing to navigate. You can kind of speak about it in generalities, with, but without knowing the internal politics of the specific uh, firm, um, it's tough to give specific advice. But nevertheless, maybe it's important just to allow people to have a think about this as they enter into their career. And maybe you can expand on it by describing the kinds of decisions that people in power generally make inside the law office and what people make what kind of decisions. Can you kind of give me some broad outlines on that front? Okay. So the, the people in power make, uh, you know, a lot of very important decisions. I mean, one of the main decisions that they make is, they'll, um, is who makes partner inside of a law firm. So, you know, they'll pretty much control that. And, you know, regardless of what the person you're working for says, or if you get nominated, it's the people in power that really have the final say. Uh, once you are a partner, uh, the people in power will also, uh, you know, determine what type of compensation you get. Uh, they'll determine uh, when there's a recession, who gets laid off and who stays around. And so the, the main issue is if, if you're not part of kind of the in-group, uh, you know, which is very dangerous, uh, then you're going to have a very difficult time advancing and you're going to have a very, you know, and you potentially... Your, your job is always going to be under threat. So one of the other reasons that you point out that you should leave a law firm is if um, you're not um, getting enough work, if you're not bringing in enough money. And I wonder if we can talk a little bit about some of the reasons why that may be. And before you make that decision to leave, can you kind of walk through the reasons why or how people encourage them to think about why they're not making enough money, not bringing in enough hours? What have you seen in your career about some of the mistakes people make on that front? Okay. The three reasons attorney may not have access to work inside a law firm. I mean, the first is political, uh, you know, like I uh, kind of talked about earlier. Uh, a lot of times if the tie's against you, uh, you know, you may be frozen out of work completely. And uh, you need to try to fix those political issues of fixable. Um, the next issue is uh, actually, you know, very common. And, uh, it, it, and, and that's just that structural, that the firm may be having problems. And um, the, the firm just may be doing a lot of things that, uh, you know, may be preventing it from getting a lot of work. I mean, one of the big ones is uh, overpricing their services. So a lot of times uh, certain firms will, uh, you know, be able to charge large clients uh, very large fees, and then they'll decide that they're not going to work for less than that amount. And uh, and when they do that, uh, it makes it much more difficult for partners and other people to bring in work. And then when some of those large clients leave, uh, you know, the, the law firm continues those high billing rates, and uh, it becomes very difficult for the law firm to bring in more business, and things get slow. So that's a very common thing. Uh, it's very common among, you know, some of the most prestigious firms having those issues and law firms that are trying to play catch up to the most prestigious firms because, you know, it's a competitive market and, um, you know, people will, you know, you still make money if a partner is charging $800 an hour as opposed to 1100 <laughs> 
And so that's one of the big issues. Another issue is law firms a lot of times will have partner compensation structures that drive away partners that have a lot of business. And so, you know, if a partner is not being paid enough, then uh, a lot of times they'll leave. I mean, I've seen instances where, you know, a partner has a $3 million or $4 million book of business is, is only being paid a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And so, you know, that, that can make, um, you know, a big difference. Uh, you know, uh, partners may be, um, you know, like a, one of the big issues has been uh, lately has been uh, IP boutiques. And those IP boutiques have been, you know, having a difficult time because uh, you know, they don't bring in uh, work in other practice areas like corporate and, you know, and general commercial litigation and so forth. So that creates problems. So, you know, partners are motivated by money. And um, when firms, uh, you know, play with formulas too much uh, for compensating partners, that can result in problems. Uh, another issue, uh, you know, is that certain firms may, um, you know, be um, merged. And um, when they merged, uh, that that created issues in terms of how work is shared. So that's another one. Uh, law firms may overhire. Uh, you know, they may be top heavy or bottom heavy. There may be too many associates competing for work or too many partners uh, competing for work, uh, you know, important clients going away, or just the fact that the economy is in a recession, uh, you know. And then another one, of course, is when uh, attorneys get very senior. Uh, if an attorney's, uh, you know, senior and their billing rate increases, they're going to be very close in compensation to what a, um, a partner's making. Uh, partners, a lot of times, are compensated based on uh, the work they do as opposed to other people doing. Uh, so that's that's just those are some of the you know the the major issues and you know but the, if if the work slows down in a firm uh, you know and if it's a structural issue then the structural is is a very important reason to leave and also political because uh, both of those you don't really have a lot of control over and sometimes those structural issues are short term and sometimes they're long term uh, a lot of times they will be solved but a lot of times they're not so. Uh, you know, if, it's a, if there's serious structural issues, it may make sense for you to leave. Yeah, that you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask next about whether or not you should spend any time trying to fix these issues, either political or structural, inside of a firm, if they are indeed fixable. But I think what you're saying there is if these problems exist, they're probably outside of your control and you should really consider moving on. Well, I think that uh, a lot of times the political issues are fixable. I think, you know, I, I think that um, and, and structural issues are fixable too, but the the problem with, um, you know, political issues is, you know, some people just are very good at bearing grudges. And so, you know, if they bear a grudge, you know, for a long period of time, then, um, you know, that, that can hurt you. But I think political issues can be fixable. I just don't think that they're always fixable. And I think that, you know, if they're serious enough, then, uh, you know, and if the firm is uptight enough, then, uh, you know, then, um, then it can create long-term problems. One of the things I would say about political issues that I think is interesting is law firms that don't have a lot of work or um, are as much work or an overabundance of work typically have a lot more political issues than uh, law firms that have a lot of work. So I once worked in a law firm, uh, you know, where all sorts of crazy things were going on. I mean, people were, you know, in one case, I mean, a group of partners was thrown out of a law of a hotel in the middle of the night uh, because one of them got in a fight with a prostitute. I mean, it's just, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. And just, you know, just in these, you know, and the, the head of the firm was there and it's just, you know, but the, the partner that got in a fight with a prostitute that was young, didn't get fired or in trouble. I mean, 
you know, so it's just, but that firm had a ton of work. Whereas if that had happened in a, you know, a firm that was, you know, didn't have as much work and where people were very uptight and looking for reasons to get rid of other people because there wasn't enough work, that would have been a huge issue. And it would have been, you know, just the death knell. But, you know, if a law firm has a lot of work, then they're not going to make as big a deal about all this political stuff. So you can make huge political mistakes and um, they're, they're all kind of swept under the rug because there's so much prosperity and opportunity. And um, But if the law firm doesn't have a lot of work, political stuff is a big deal. So, you know, if you want to make political mistakes, go to a firm where, where there's a lot of work. Uh, startup firms are the best places where there's less likely to be political issues and where things are free flowing. And uh, in a lot of cases, you know, you can if you stick with it and impress the right people, people will be impressed with you for overcoming uh, political issues and getting in the right group. It, it's really funny when you emphasize the fact that um, different rules apply in different law firms and really depending on the, on the circumstances uh, uh, that law firm is operating inside of, or indeed the city that they're operating inside of. And I, I it goes to reveal just how difficult this question is about how to navigate uh, the politics um, and just the personalities inside of a law firm. And how some people are better at it than others. And, you know, you talked about how if you're not able to navigate, say, the politics, for example, it may be time for you to leave. But what if you're just a person that is just not great at getting the lay of the land quickly, which you kind of have to do, and being able to navigate that territory? Some people are just, for lack of a better term, maybe a little bit naive, a little bit um, unable to think in that manner. I'm sure you've encountered these people in your career. Um, what advice do you give to them for someone that realizes that they're not great at playing that political game? Well, and, and that's a that's a great Great point. I mean, you have in, in law firms, you have uh, there's three types of people. There's called minders. Uh, what is it? Minders, grinders and finders. And so the the minders are kind of the people that are um, administrators and look over everybody. And, uh, you know, and then the, the finders are the people that are out there getting business. And then um, the grinders are the people that are doing the work. So you need to decide of what three of those you want to be. You know, if you choose to be a minder and, and you know, watch people and, and, and that sort of thing, or if you choose to be a finder, you're going to be involved in uh, politics. And so, you know, but if you choose to be a grinder and, and you're just trying to do work, then you're, you're by definition kind of not getting involved in politics. People that are grinders tend to become, you know, do things like become special counsel. Uh, you know, they just work very hard and do a good job, but they don't have as much interest in uh, getting involved in the politics. You know, you can certainly advance being a grinder, but, uh, you know, if, if you're not out there, if you're anytime you're out there and you're controlling the fate of people or you're, uh, you know, you're, um, you know, or, or you show like the potential that you can in terms of being a minder or you're, you're bringing in business, that's when you're most likely to get involved in the politics because, you know, people's futures and money and stuff is involved where it's less likely you know, when you're um, a grinder. I mean, a grinder's job, if you if you look at the typical, you know, person that's a counsel inside of a law firm, which is an interesting personality type, uh, they tend to be very apolitical. They don't get involved. They don't want to start rumors. They're not starting fights. And, you know, and, and it's like the jungle. I mean, if you, if you want to play the game, there's going to be consequences. So I think the mistake that a lot of young attorneys make is they you know, they, they get involved in this whole game of, uh, you know, what's going on politically, like what what the you know, and they, they watch what the people that are bringing in business are doing and how they're fighting. And they watch how the people that are trying to run the firm, what they're doing and how they're fighting. And uh, and, and they, they kind of take sides and get involved. I mean, the whole dynamics of what happens inside of law firms is very interesting because, 
you know, you have these minders that are a lot of times kind of the bureaucrats of the law firm and they don't always, sometimes they can also be finders, but a lot of times people get themselves into bureaucratic roles inside of law firms, you know, without any business. And so then they start, you know, deciding how much the people with business make. And that's kind of where the fights and the politics, you know, you know, start in a lot of cases, I think. And, um, you know, so just sticking, staying out of that, not taking sides, not, you know, making as few mistakes as possible and, you know, just being a revenue producer and working hard is really the best way to avoid it, I think. Yeah, and especially in, you're in the early part of your career, you make a good point there that um, don't try and play the game if you don't know how the, what the rules are yet. So don't just leap in and start to uh, participate in some of that uh, rumor mill, et cetera, if you don't know really what you're doing. Um, so th- the final thing that you point out is for the three reasons to switch law firms is kind of an obvious one. Uh, if you get an opportunity at a much larger law firm, um, you never really want to move sideways or backwards. But if you get an opportunity to move up, you should take that, right? So what are the advantages of, say, going from a smaller, or mid-sized law firm to to a big, a big, a major American law firm? Um, what, are, what are the advantages of doing that? Well, you know, and one thing I would say, uh, you know, is, is I do talk a lot in that article about, um, you know, about moving to a, a better law firm, uh, you know, but a lot of times it's, you know, it's maybe just moving to a better law firm for you, uh, you know, so, you know, you know, moving to a, a, if you can move to a better law firm, though, um, you know, for example, from a mid-sized to a major law firm, I mean, the, the main benefits are you're going to get access to more important work um, on behalf of larger clients. And what's nice about working for larger clients is they tend to be, you know, less budget conscious. Uh, they want things done correctly, meaning they, you know, they, they want the work done right and they want uh, you know, they're willing to pay for, uh, you know, very high quality work. So, you know, they teach you how to, you know, get into manners and, you know, different types of things in a, in a, in a very, you know, high le- with a very high level of quality and perfection. Uh, they'll often have multiple levels of attorneys reviewing the work. So there'll be someone, you know, that, that drafts something, someone that reviews the draft, someone that reviews the person that reviewed the draft, and um, which is cool because you learn you know, the best way to the lawyer. And, and uh, you know, and the other thing too is um, the largest law firms tend to be composed of the people with the best educational med- pedigrees. Um, you know, to some extent, people with, you know, uh, you know, that have kind of risen and always done well wherever they go. A lot of times they have good social skills uh, comparatively, um, you know, a little bit more refined sometimes because they're dealing with larger clients. And, um, you know, so once you work with a law firm like that, you're going to get, uh, you know, uh, you have that, that same pedigree and you'll understand, you know, how to operate um, at a higher level. And, you know, I know lots of attorneys that uh, have gone to work in, in major law firms like that. And, uh, and you know, it can, make a, it can make a big difference. I mean, I can, you know, there's, there's a certain personality type that comes out of certain law firms that people that have been there for a while. And I can you know, recognize that and you can tell that in a way of thinking and it's kind of fun, you know, um, if you've been in the industry as long as I have. And then the other nice thing is that, you know, if you work for a larger law firm, you're going to get new contacts, uh, you know, um, you're going to meet people. Um, a lot of them will do, go on to do uh, important things uh, in their careers. And those will be contacts that you can draw on, whether it's for business or if you want to go into politics or you know, and then the other thing is, if you do go to a larger law firm, you can always move back to um, a smaller law firm later, uh, you know, and you'll have, 
um, you know, very good training. And, uh, you know, you can make a lot more money in larger law firms. I mean, I've seen people, you know, go from making, you know, $60,000 a year to $280,000 a year. And every year I mean, we place people like that. I mean, it's just, it can really change your life. Uh, you can go in-house. I mean, like, you know, in-house companies, uh, they want to hire people from uh, big law firms because they're the you know largest in-house companies because those are the uh, law firms that they use and they know how much they cost. And so they look at it as a cost savings. And, um, you know, so there's just so much to it. You can work internationally. You can, you know, if you uh, go to a larger firm, you can have a lot more employment security a lot of times uh, because you can bring in uh, large clients. Like if you, you know, if you want to, um, you know, you know, be doing, uh, you know, deals on behalf of like, you know, Morgan Stanley or, or Citibank or someone like that. And you bring in a client like that. Well, they're going to pay a lot more in fees over the long run than um, than a smaller client. And they're much more likely to uh, want to work with a larger law firm than a smaller law firm. So it just it opens you up to um, a lot more opportunity in the long run. And the thing is, though, is, I mean, like anything, it's it's much more competitive uh, going to work for a larger law firm. So, you know, if you do try to go to work for a larger law firm, it's going to be more competitive to make partner. It's going to be more competitive to bring in clients. You're going to, the people there are going to be more competitive. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of challenges, but, you know, and ultimately, is it worth it? I mean, there are, it can be, yes. What about the drawbacks? I assume when you move into a much bigger playing field, it gets a lot more complicated. But can you talk a little bit about some of the drawbacks about moving into a really large firm? Yeah, I mean, it can be, you know, the hours a lot of times are longer. Uh, you know, that's, most large law firms aren't necessarily lifestyle places. Uh, in addition to longer hours, it's going to be, uh, you know, much more difficult to advance. You know, very few people end up advancing in the largest law firms, you know, it's going to increase the likelihood of, uh, you know, losing your job uh, because you don't make partner in most law firms, large law firms. A lot of times when you get more senior, they're going to expect you to leave. So that's not good. And there's just a lot of calculuses that you need to make before making the type of move. And, um, and it's something that, um, you know, attorneys need to do and you need to understand if you're worth it. I mean, generally, you know, if you have, a, you know, a fire in your belly and you're motivated and you have a really good opportunity, then it, it does make sense. Well, those are the three reasons why you should switch law firms. The only three reasons you should sw switch law firms. Do you have any closing thoughts before we leave the for the conversation? No, I mean, I think um, one thing I um, wanted to say, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the choices and how to get involved in things politically is, you know, there is a lot of information um, on this website, uh, you know, that you should read about. And the whole law firm game is just, it, there's there's so much that's political about it. And, uh, you know, everything can come down to, uh, you know, your, your practice area, for example, like, you know, if you're in a practice area that's not in favor uh, you know, that that can suddenly put you in, you know, in the wrong political barrel of the law firm. I mean, one thing I saw yesterday is I was talking to this uh, person that was working at a big New York law firm. And uh, she said when she started at the firm, which was like, you know, 12 years ago, there were 250 people in the litigation department and it was a it was a profit center. Now there was only 20, you know, so with only 20 people in the litigation department, there you know, suddenly is no opportunity and she's still there, which is great. But, you know, politically, um, you know, she's in trouble, you know, and she has to, 
you know, find a, a new place to go. And, uh, you know, and it's like that, you know, with practice areas and you just, you always have to kind of be astute about what's going on. And the other thing though, is that, you know, the, the point of this article was to say, you know, you, you shouldn't just be looking at firms for fun. So, you know, there's no reason to go out and talk to places because you may get another opportunity. Uh, you really need to be careful when you move and make sure that you're only moving for reasons that are, you know, likely to benefit you and, and push your career forward in the long run and um, or to escape something. And in most cases, when you're moving, you know, you're moving for um, political reasons or and very few people, uh, you know, realize that the most important reason really that I think to move is, you know, to, to try to get ahead. So if you can get ahead when you move, you're usually doing well. Uh, but you need to be careful about how many moves you have on your resume as well. Harrison, thanks for making time for me today. All right. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. To learn more, go to harrisonbarnes.com.